Why is it that when sh** hits the fan, we want to go spend money? Well, keep listening because we're covering that in today's episode. Welcome to the WalletWin Podcast. Each week we take a look at a different piece of the personal finance puzzle. I'm Jonathan Texera. And I'm Amanda Texera. We're your guides on your journey to getting out of debt, building wealth, and changing the world through generosity. Here we go. For the record, I said ship. Oh, come on. I didn't say the real thing there. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we are talking about a term many of you, I'm sure, are familiar with. Retail Retail therapy. therapy. (laughs) Now, it's not actually a form of legitimate therapy, (laughs) (laughs) but it doesn't stop a lot of us from wanting to go use it. Mm -mm. (laughs) And we are going to go down memory lane and talk about a time when retail therapy sprung out of thin air on us and became something we wanted to use to handle the stress in our life. So without further ado, further of ado, further ado, take us down memory lane, John. Yes, so this is how we became patients of Dr. Target and Nurse Amazon. (laughs) (laughs) And why we're even bringing this up is because this story that you're about to tell. This time of year. This time of year. Uh Uh-huh. Almost four years ago. So where were we? We were in Arkansas Mm -hmm. getting ready to adopt our second child. Yes. So our, as of now, middle kid. And we were down there and it was, you know, she was going to be born. We're going to adopt her. So we were there ready to be there when she was born. And, uh, you know, she's born. They bring her in the room and she's not crying. Nope. And Jonathan had the video. Camera. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Jonathan had the video camera going and I have a bachelor's in nursing. You know what was happening. So I knew immediately. You knew what's, what was supposed to happen. I don't know. Yeah. I knew immediately what was going on. Why all of a sudden it turned from like two nurses and a doctor into yeah. six nurses there were some and extra five doctors. People. <laughs> yeah. There were extra people in the room. Um, I told you to turn the camera yeah, off. Yeah. Turn the camera Okay. <laughs> And it was scary. It it's was like, what's really going scary. on? I'm and laughing now, but I was oh, yeah, 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 definitely yeah, yeah. Oh, no, not no, no, laughing not then. At all. And so what was going on was... Um, well, they didn't even know right well, away. Well, they didn't know right away. They just mm-hmm. had to take her away and, and intubate her and all that stuff. But the deal was her heart and her lungs, right, when we're in the womb... We're not breathing. We're not really using our lungs like that. Right. You're getting so it's your all coxygen coming in through, through the, the umbilical blood. cord. Mm-hmm. So that the air ex- oxygen exchange stuff doesn't happen between your heart and your lungs. It doesn't have to. Right. And then when you're born, it kicks on. You take that big breath. <gasps> and everything a switches holes, over. And right. You change from receiving your oxygenation from the umbilical cord now to your own body begins to oxygenate. Through the lungs. By sending yep. blood to the lungs. Her body wasn't it sending blood to the lungs. Yes. Hardly, I guess. I guess she switched a little bit. Tiny, tiny bit, but yes. not enough. Not enough. So she, her oxygen was like 80s, 70s, Dropping. and that's when they rushed her out of the room. Yep. They, yeah. <laughs> so. It's called what we didn't know oh, right what, away, what but by, that, by nightfall of that first mm-hmm. day, it was called persistent pulmonary hypertension of the newborn, PPHN. And over the 
next couple of days, I think I doctor Googled it once and learned that up like up until like sometime in the early 2000s, mm-hmm. the mortality for this this diagnosis was actually fairly high. I'm forgetting mm-hmm. the exact numbers right now, but I sure. think it was something like 30% of kids didn't mm-hmm. make it. So it was And you can't even imagine what terrifying. it would have been 50 years ago. Oh my goodness, yes. Right. So it's serious stuff. It was very serious. And we were in right through, of course, Dr. Google, learning about, oh, well, if they do this, it's this bad. And then if they do that, it's that bad. And all those. And then we saw all those things happen. <laughs> right. If they tried this treatment, that means you're really, really not doing well. And then they, they would, the doctor would come in like five minutes later and say, uh-huh. all right, we're starting up this. Like, <laughs> I just read about that. <laughs> so we put away Dr. Google. Yeah. Anyway, little did we know, uh, you know, it was kind of a whirlwind. When you're in one of these situations, you're literally just hanging on for dear life. They had to come in that night, get her an arterial line. I mean, it was just kind of one thing after thing the after next. Thing. We didn't sleep that first night. It was crazy. Thank thank God we had some people we knew yeah. down in Arkansas, and they had our daughter, our older daughter, Josie, with them, and they just let us kind of be present yeah. at the hospital. It was such a gift because um, they were literally the only people we knew in Arkansas, and mm-hmm. we didn't meet them until we drove there. We didn't even there. know them. <laughs> we didn't really know them. But now we know them. <laughs> we know them. We say Because we Very ended well. up being there for a month. We were there we for a month. We thought, we're coming into town, baby's born, the paperwork clears a couple days later. Ten days later, you're home. We're out. Right. Nope. That is not how it went. <laughs> right. And I remember that, that second day after she was born, the doctor came in, and at this point, I think they had really begun to understand her condition. Mm-hmm. She had stabilized. They, she wasn't really progressing, but she had at least stabilized yeah. at that point. Um, and they just, I remember the doctor looking at me and saying, you're here for a while. And mm. I remember being like, what do you mean? You know, like <laughs> three, four days. And she just looked at me and said, it's going to be weeks before yeah. she's ready to come off of the uh, sedation and innovated, yeah. innovated state that she's in. And then she's going to have to learn how to eat. And then like all mm-hmm. these things of, and she said, we're just going to take it one step at a time. And so for right now, you're just here for a couple of weeks. What? And we, yeah, we had no <laughs> idea what to do at Crazy. that point in time. You had just started a new job like yes. a few months earlier. Uh-huh. Um, in the middle of the huge product launch. Yeah, you had a trip scheduled, a conference (laughs) scheduled in the middle of all of this. Everything we don't need to get into. It was craziness. Yeah, I mean, a lot of stress came our way. Yeah, and without getting into all the details, because we could be here for an hour relaying the The intimate to this details (laughs) of that month of our lives and all the weight I lost, all the (laughs) just the the. All the Wendy's I ate. (laughs) The the stress. I didn't lose weight. I just kept forgetting to eat. It was crazy. Oh, and Uh, Wendy's was like the closest thing. It was. It was. I had a bunch of food allergies going on. It was was just a wild time. And Mm -hmm. then on, oh, the cherry on top was Christmas Eve. Uh, They took her off sedation and off the ventilator only for her to like, crash again mm-hmm. and then they had to reintubate her and then couldn't get access to starting a new IV. Next thing her. you know, she's in the back of an ambulance going to a higher level uh 
Children's Hospital <laughs> on Christmas Eve. We've got more stories about that. Maybe we'll save it for another podcast. Um, needless to say, stress levels were probably the highest they've ever been in our entire That's lives. Crazy. I'm probably still sprouting grays from that <laughs> m- from that <laughs> month of our life. No doubt about it. But what we want to highlight is um, she was born December 14th, mm-hmm. 12, 14, 16. Nice and go. even. So easy for me to remember. Yeah, thank Don't you, Charlotte. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, which is right around Christmas. Yeah. So there we are. Feeling, so we're going to be there for weeks. Right. We're, that includes Christmas. We're feeling really down. Now we're all of a sudden think we're here for weeks. She she was born 10 pounds, so all the newborn clothes we brought automatically didn't fit anymore. Mm-hmm. And John and I just, just both were feeling overwhelmed. And we don't get to hold her. Oh, yeah. Couldn't hold her. We don't get her. to do anything. She's sitting there totally sedated in this, you know, in her little, like, plastic bubble bed thing. Her pod. Yeah. And, you know, you can maybe, when they're coming in to do something with her, reach through and put a finger on. Right. But she's sleeping. Yeah. Well, sedated. Not necessarily sleeping, but what we're trying to capture is we were really, really stressed. And I don't think at the time we realized how stressed. All I knew, though, is that there was some random evening where something snapped in me. I think all I had been managing to do up to that point was um, scrolling Amazon, shopping for Christmas gifts for family. Mm -hmm. I remember for Jonathan... (laughs) The, oh, yes. the only gift I got you that year. And well, because everything was going on, we forgot about everything. So it was We'd, also the only thing that would arrive on time. It was the only thing that would arrive on time. So the only thing on Jonathan's wish list that would actually <laughs> arrive for Christmas was a nose hair trimmer. Beautiful. <laughs> so that was your Christmas gift that year. So yeah, it was me between me frantically dumping things in my cart that could get to people in time because we weren't going to be around. And then scrolling social media because I just couldn't handle much mentally. Once those things kind of um, wore off, I remember all these feelings hitting me. And instead of addressing them, all I knew is that I needed to go to Target and I needed to urgently buy everything that I wanted. (laughs) That's what came over me. So at 10.30, like... I think it was 1030 at night. I mean, what am I doing? What am I doing? Mm -hmm. I rush off to Target at 1030 at night. I buy all the Christmas decor I could possibly find. Because I was going to... decorated the junk out of that We were going to make that icy room. It was going to be winter wonderland. (laughs) If we were going to be doing Christmas in the NICU, it was winter wonderland. Now, joke's on us because on Christmas Eve is when she (laughs) had to get moved to go to that other hospital. And she didn't have a room there. And so we had had a bed. We had to tear it all down and we couldn't put any of it up at the new place. I had no, I think like (laughs) two stickers we had room for. I put it on the sides of her thing. But that night at Target, I just, I bought all the Christmas things. I bought. We had a Tons bowl of, of, ch- of Christmas chocolates for when the nurses would come in. Oh, yeah. We made our room the room. There was like <laughs> a whiteboard where we left inspirational messages for the nurses. <laughs> we just were like, no, spare no expense. Just spend, spend, spend. And I want to say we had two or three episodes like this 
while we were down in Arkansas. Now, I want to, you know, we were, we were at the time we were debt free. Mm -hmm. We had emergency savings established, but we just barely afforded paying for adoption expenses. Yes. So really, and we had used a decent bit of our emergency savings. Mm -hmm. So for Jonathan and Amanda to be going out to Target and drop in the hundies, it was not a good move. It wasn't a smart move, Mm -mm. financially speaking. No way. And only, I think, after the third or fourth run of this, I think yours were different trips than mine. And we were never together because... We were switching off perpetually, being at the hospital, and then the other parent being at the other house with our other daughter. Mm-hmm. Your trips look different than mine, but the, at the heart of it, we were just buying whatever caught our eye. Mm. Trying to, and, and this is where I want to talk about it, what mm-hmm. was really going on. At surface level, we went to Target. We saw some stuff we liked. Boom, it went in the cart. But what was really going was really on? Going Why don't you articulate that? I think there's that? a lot of different things happening there. So one was, um, I guess maybe, so one thing that was going on was uh, looking for control. Mm. So oh, yeah. we're in this crazy situation. Not at all what we expected. And so we have control. zero control in this situation. There's no, There's absolutely nothing we can do that is going to influence what happens with this little girl. No. Right. It's not like I'm the doctor. It's not like I, I, I don't even get to hit the button on the IV machine or whatever it is. Like there's nothing you I cannot do. do anything. I know that. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing I can do. So I'm looking for something to do. <laughs> yeah. You got I ants, can decorate the room. Ants in your pants. <laughs> I can buy a, a little Christmas outfit. That maybe she'll get to wear. That she definitely <laughs> did not get to wear. <laughs> you can't put clothes on a nope. baby in a little pod. So so there's that there's so there is the the searching for control. Mm-hmm. Um, Doesn't Olaf say it best in Frozen Two? Ooh, this is called controlling what you can control when things feel out of control, or something like that. <laughs> yeah, when the kids are rearranging his face. Exactly. Yeah, That's so there was good. an element of that going yes. on. There was, um, I don't know the exact word for this, but kind of like, not a pity party, but like, oh, mm-hmm. I have to have Christmas down here. We don't get to go back to our house for Christmas. We don't get to be back home for Christmas. Like, this stinks. Mm. So I'm going to do something to make me feel good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or I'm going to make, Better I'm not going to let my Christmas be ruined by this or whatever. Let's make it special. Mm-hmm. Yep, so there's that going on. And then I think uh, probably retail therapy can be fueled by a lot of things. So many. But I think at the brain chemistry level, something that's a common thread in basically Mm. all instances is that our brain, when we begin to feel stressed or triggered or tired or angry or bored or sad, our brains want to go back to a state of happiness, of excited, of looking forward to something. Our brain is always wired to try to go seek something out like that. And when you make a purchase, 
whether it's a $5 purchase, whether it's a $500 purchase, your brain releases the neurochemical dopamine. And that's the chemical that says, ooh, I like you. Give me more. (laughs) (laughs) And so um, when you spend money, if you could see and watch a like a, a scan of your brain in that moment, it's going to be going ding, 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 mm-hmm. ding, ding, almost like a Las Vegas jackpot machine, yeah. right? And so after a while, if we have those emotions enough and we go spend money enough to light up the chemicals, we're now going to start creating habits. Yes. And now our brain is going to anticipate us. So that when we begin to get a little teeny bit itchy, bored, whatever, ooh, I could, I could scroll Amazon right now. I could see who has a sale. It's almost like this habit begins to mm-hmm, occur. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you're not careful then, your brain will even continue down that road and anticipate that downturn in feeling and want to correct even before it happens before so, you've even got before down. you've even yes <laughs> it's like usually when we're in this situation i start feeling down in 10 minutes let's figure that out now and i would say that started to happen to us in the nicu mm-hmm. so then so now right because you're going to go in one direction sad and then you need to buy to get back up to normal for happy well now it's anticipating this so the thing doesn't even happen yet now you're you're like we're gonna get sad we got to get back up to normal so let's go do something oh yeah yesterday was a super stressful day at the NICU I bet today's Mm -hmm. gonna be that way better buy a lip gloss Mm -hmm. just something super random like that get my little bump exactly get ready for this ride Mm -hmm. so if you're not careful that can become a habit loop that starts to get reinforced in your behaviors if you're not aware and looking at it. And that totally was happening to us. And I remember kind of we we ended up having to sit down and just have a conversation of, okay, what are we doing here? Mm-hmm. What is mm-hmm. going on? Uh, I didn't need a nose trimmer. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, really? It was Amanda just like desperately getting on Amazon and hitting – Bye, 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 trying to buy all the stuff. Mm-hmm. The Target decor, okay. For the room, arguable. I don't regret that. I, we still have some of the decor That's even today. And it reminds us of that time. We may have gone a little hog wild yeah, on it. Yeah, we could have done a little differently, okay. but it was, it was okay. Me going and just buying a bunch of sippy cups and outfits and general baby items, even yeah. though... A week, the baby couldn't even, use them. <laughs> even though my mom brought down all our actual stuff that we already owned a week later, it didn't make sense. But that one uh, was definitely a result of me mm-hmm. just wanting to do retail therapy. Um, so there were many instances, and we just had to call each other out and say, what are we doing here? Whoa, 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 whoa. I mean, we've talked about in a past podcast episode um, – getting fudgy in the budgie, mm. meaning rearranging a bunch of stuff. Yeah. This, that one month window, I mean, I don't want to scandalize anybody here, but there was a two week window when I didn't log in to our budget <laughs> on, <laughs> on purpose. That is the only two weeks in our entire marriage since we began budgeting that I 
actively avoided my budget because wow. I didn't want to know what it was going to tell me. you knew it was going to tell you to cut it out. Oh, I knew. <laughs> and so I put my head in the sand and I said, I'm going to go spend money. I'm going to Starbucks. I'm going to Target. I'm going to feel better. But then at the end of the day, do you feel better? You really don't. No. And then now you just have to stare at a lower bank balance. Mm-hmm. And then you feel even worse. And so and you go buy some more stuff. <laughs> and then on the cycle goes, tell you either disrupt it or you're broke. Mm-hmm. And so we ended up getting back on the horse. She, you know, our daughter, thank praise be to God, she stabilized. We she were improving. She, yeah, she got off the ventilator, she began to eat. We were able to go home a month mm-hmm. later. Uh, it was, it all, it all worked out and we were able to get the budget back in order. It was not too far. Luckily, Jonathan and I going hog wild. We're only talking people's Tuesday afternoons. (laughs) We're talking like 300 (laughs) bucks. We had to figure out in the budget (laughs) where some people could go drop a cool 400 on. Because thankfully going crazy isn't something we do that often. It isn't. So it doesn't take much. For us to feel like we're going crazy. <laughs> right, right. Um, but this is not an uncommon topic. Mm-hmm. In the time since then, we've had numerous of our WalletWin students come to us and talk about, hey, I'm in a season where I'm feeling like I am using retail therapy constantly, and I do not know how to get out. Either you know they were going through a separation or a divorce, or they had um, a special needs family member, or they had a child in the NICU. Usually it's retail therapy tends to be triggered by something. It's not always something huge and Mm -hmm, big, mm -hmm. but that's a a time when you have to be super careful because those really big life stressors and life transition moments are times when retail therapy could come in, and all of a sudden if you're not careful – it could become your norm. It could be part of your life. It could be part of your life. And next thing you know, you're like, how did I, when did this start happening? When was I Amazoning, Walmarting, and targeting myself to death? Oh, it kind of started around that time when we had that cancer scare. Mm. Oh, okay, whoa. And if you're not tuned in to watching in those vulnerable seasons, something like retail therapy could up and move in on your space. <laughs> That's right. So let's talk, John, about how do you, now that you are training yourself to be a little bit more mm-hmm. aware of it, what do you do if you see it happening? Sure. Well, first, I mean, yeah, you see it happen, and then you ask yourself, what's going on here? What am I trying to do? Mm-hmm. And right, there's so many reasons. We only talked about a couple of them. Right. But right, are you, I'm, oh, I'm looking for control, I guess. Or I'm looking to just kind of escape the situation. And go somewhere else. Why are you trying to do that? Well, I don't like this part of it. I don't like how it makes me feel or whatever it is. I don't know. So there's all these different things going on. Or I feel lousy about this. Or because I'm not home, I'm going to disappoint that person. Or whatever it is. Naming it. So many things could be mm-hmm. going on. So figure out what it is. And even then, see, maybe that right. there's another layer even. So try to go f- and figure out what that is. Go as deep. Peel the onion. Mm-hmm. And then see what else. And then ask what else could I do to address this? Or how mm-hmm. might how else might I address blank? Yeah. Because right, if it's control, yep. all right, well, some of it's going to be, especially with control, understanding and accepting that you do not have very much. 
most control is just illusions. Mm-hmm. We don't all no, don't mo- we don't have control, control over stuff. <laughs> you could maybe think about maybe, but may I mean I don't. This might sound dumb, but I think it could help in that situation. Is like you know what? I'm gonna plan my outfits for three days in a he- ahead. Control. The That's thing a little you bit could. of control. Sure, sure. You could control the way you think about a situation. Yes. You can't control the outcome of the situation. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there are elements so find of things, the things you can do. That you actually have a say in. Yeah. A right. lot of that's going to be in inside of you, mm-hmm. in your response to things, and things that very much concern just you. Yeah, maybe how you show up in the situation. Mm-hmm. Maybe, yeah, uh, I'm going to get showered, and I'm going to get dressed, and I'm going to go into the hospital, or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yep. So there's, there's uh, find ways to legitimately meet that need that you have or whatever it is through a practical level of control yes or whatever else it might be so figure out what that thing is and then try to figure out what's another way that's actually gonna give me what i want and Mm -hmm. be less detrimental to me would you say with the control one too there's that element of controlling a little bit of the things you can Mm -hmm. just as human beings we need an element of that but then also finding a little bit of comfort and peace in admitting your lack of control in the oh, situation. Because yeah. then the pressure's off. Pressure's off. And if you, um, you know, are a person of faith, turn it, being able to turn to God mm-hmm. and say, all right, I'm not in control. You are right now. Mm-hmm. I'm actively submitting into that, leaning into that, trusting that you're going to hold me in this time. You're going to fill in the cracks, fill in the gaps, and you're going to get me through. Mm-hmm. And that right there is better than any target binge. Because <laughs> yeah. you take this big, heavy load that you've got, and you're just going to go, here you go. Off it goes. Right. And it can actually get taken care of that time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whereas target just scratches the itch that will return. God mm-hmm. can actually take the itch away. Ooh. <laughs> oh, you like that one? I like it. <laughs> Okay, so um, what about the dopamine? How can you, uh, let's talk about that. Well, there are all sorts of ways to get get dopamine in. (laughs) Key is don't go find another unhealthy means. Don't find the unhealthy ones. What are the healthy ones? Well, connecting Mm -hmm. with a loved one. So that could be phone calls or if you're there with somebody, so actually spending some time together. I think we started to try to do that some more. Yeah, you we know, started trying to get out It was very much get out one of us has dinner. to be mm-hmm. with Josie, one of us has to be in the hospital with Charlotte. We were separated a and lot. And then as time went on, we started understanding that, that is unreasonable. Yeah. So we would... Get dinner or something. We would be okay. Like, you know what? Like, we've spent, you know... 18 hours. 68 <laughs> of the last 72 hours at the hospital... Yeah. I think we could not be there for three. <laughs> yeah. So we would both go do something with Joe's. Like we went and went, went and saw a movie. We went and saw Moana. Yeah. That mm-hmm. was that was cool. And she was inappropriately young for the movie I think theater. She was, she was almost there. <laughs> she was two and just wandered the movie theater. But yeah, that was okay because it was a Thursday like morning. Nobody was there. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we did some things like that. Or yeah, where we would have meals together, mm-hmm. or we would both be at the hospital together, things like that, you know? So we'd spend some more time together, phone calls, things like that, just that healthier ways to actually have those hits, or right in our case, praying, going to church, stuff like that. Yep. Eating a good meal. Mm-hmm. Um, exercise. 
a brisk walk, ordering your favorite coffee beverage. I mean, there's so many ways that are not unhealthy sabotages Mm -hmm. (laughs) to get a dopamine lift uh, that don't involve emptying your bank account or doing destructive things to you. (laughs) Yes. So, yeah, those are kind of just two of the ways that we wanted to approach this of, okay, if you find yourself in a scenario like that, how can you dive a little bit deeper and peel back the onion and really uncover what's under that uh, desire to really Mm -hmm. go use retail therapy? And then how do you discover some of those healthier outlets? Because at the end of the day, your feelings, your emotions, your needs, they're valid. And if they don't come out in an, if they're not actively um, kind of channeled in a positive way, they're going to come out all sorts of sideways. Mm-hmm. So we all are, we all have that makeup yeah. of us. And if we don't actively deal with the things that are inside of us, they're going to come out crooked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this can be, and it doesn't have to be some crazy thing. I mean, this could be like, I had a hard day at work or it's been a week. Yeah. Yep. Let's go to Target. Or, you know, it's been a long day. I'm going to get in bed. I'm going to cruise slick deals. Like, <laughs> and I'm going to buy shoes I don't need. Exactly. So it could be even, you know, small things. like You know, just kind of those little things. You don't have to have some crazy thing going on. Right. Or it should be like, you know what? Hey, it looks like I'm turning to buying stuff I don't need and I haven't really budgeted for, frankly, mm-hmm. uh, in order to do something. What, what am I really looking for? Oh, instead of swinging by... Starbucks on the way home. Or the goodwill. I'm going to dial up my friend and talk to them on the phone. Mm. Things like that. It could be yep. really simple stuff. You don't have to wait for some huge catastrophe or to be like struggling in debt to take care of it. Right. Yep. And, you know, we just shared with you a situation that kind of brought us down the road of retail mm-hmm. therapy. Thankfully, we were able to recognize it, turn things around, and it hasn't perpetuated in our life. Um, but if you found yourself in that spot or you're in that spot right now, we would love to hear about your story. Mm -hmm. We'd love to connect. And if there's any way we can support you or serve you or help you climb out of that, um, or just be a listening ear ear for you, (laughs) uh, hit us up on Instagram. We're over there at WalletWin, and shoot us a DD, a a DD? <laughs> DD. Shoot us a DM and we would love to chat. Seriously. Yes. Or Seriously. you can send a voice message right here with the podcast inside the show notes. There's a link at the bottom to send us a voice memo and uh, you can ask questions whether it's retail therapy or not. You have questions. We're yep. collecting those to answer on future shows. So just send us a voice memo or a nice little love the show. That would be great, too. So you can just click that link and send it to us, whether you're on your computer or your phone or whatever it is. Just click that link. As long as you have a microphone, you can send a voice message. Yep. And we cannot wait to connect with you. Until next time, y'all. Bye for now. Thanks for joining us today. You can learn more about this show and the Wallowin program at wallowin.com. Music in this episode is from Dylan Gardner. Listen to his new album, Almost Real, on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your music. See you next week.